Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the local podcast. My guest today is Chad Taylor. He's the nurse that you may have heard about all over Facebook who is traveling from Pittsburgh to New York City right now to join the fight on the front lines. He is going there to step in and work there for the next eight weeks and relieve his peers, the other nurses there in New York. And not only is he doing that, he took an entire carload of donations of food and clothes with him to New York to give to these people and really help them out. So please welcome Chad Taylor. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one. Hello? Hey, Chad, it's Jordan Hauser from the local podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me okay? I, um, I took my, my work car, and it doesn't have Bluetooth in it, so I'm using old-school Bluetooth earpiece. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, I can hear you. I can understand you. Okay, cool. So you're on your way to New York right now? I am, yeah. I'm about to jump in a minute here on Route 80. That's awesome, man. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're going to New York? Um, well, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for like 12 years now. Um, and I've actually been a nurse for age for four years before that. So healthcare is pretty much my entire career, my entire life. Um, and I've seen some good things. I've seen some bad things. And this is definitely one of the most challenging things I've ever seen. Um, I, I work in, I work in several hospitals, but, uh, I work primarily in the city of Pittsburgh and comparatively we haven't been hit as hard as some regions. And I already know just in our region, how hard it is to handle all of the things that are going on, you know, as a nurse. And so you read and you see, about what's going on to the nurses in New York City, and it keeps me up at night. I, I can't imagine what those families, um, you know, what those single moms are going through up there. Um, I, I just had to do something. It felt like this is what I was supposed to do. So, um, and the whole thing kind of just started because I asked my friends and family on Facebook if anybody had anything that they could donate. You know, I didn't really know what anybody needed. You know, I just bought even snacks for the break room, bottle of water for hydration, things like that. Um, and I must have struck a chord unintentionally because, you know, the amount of help and, and love and support and prayers that have been sent are just, you know, blowing me away. Yeah, man, it's it's totally awesome. I've been following your story since I saw it on uh, on Saturday, I think. And uh, man, I was just blown away. First, I think, dude, you're a total badass for going out there and doing this. It's it's fucking cool as hell. I mean, that's that's so cool that you're going out there to do this and, and fight this bat uh, fight this battle and you know relieve people, relieve your peers from like these tough situations that they're being put in. Yeah, I mean, I, anything I can do, I feel bad because, I mean, I, I'm i limited to the eight-week assignment that I'm going to be placed there, you know, and I, I have to come home because I have to maintain my job here and everything. Um, 
But I, you know, that's the point. I get to leave. These people don't get to leave. They're they're there till the end. And you know, if I could provide eight weeks of of service and help, and you know, now with all of the other extra things I can do um, with the money that I've raised and the supplies that I've gathered, um, you know, I'll do everything. I'm trying to maximize my impact to get you know as much as much good outcome as I can for these people. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you expect to see when you get there, man? Um, I, I, I couldn't say, you know, I have in my head what I think that I'll see. Um, I guess in a way I think that it's going to be somehow both better than I think it is. And also at the same time worse than I think it is, which is weird, but, um, you know, I think that from a non-medical standpoint, the way people are envisioning what's going on there is a little bit different than somebody with a medical background. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, what's the, I don't want to say it, trying not to get myself psyched up or worked up about it and just, you know, I guess what I see, I see and I'll deal with it. I can, I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty intense. I mean, like you, you know, as somebody that's kind of locked in their house right now, and, and like, you know, we're we're not seeing much on the on the news or anything like that. But I mean, you know, it's hard for us to realize kind of like what what the truth is out there and like what is really happening there and like you know how intense it is for these people out there and how many people are passing away because of this and, and all the problems that come along with that. But, uh, you know, what, um, what, what do you think about like the folks around, you know, the country that are like sitting here saying like, you know, this, this isn't as serious as everybody's saying, or like, you know, I was at the store on, on Saturday, right before I reached out to you and, uh, I wore a mask to the store and I had multiple people literally just making fun of me right to my face. They were just like, dude, are you serious? Like, why are you even wearing that? And I was like, what are you? What? Like, do you watch the news? And, uh, yeah, man. So what do you got to say to people that aren't taking this seriously? Um, the only thing I can say is, I mean, I, I just think that that's unfortunate. You know, this isn't, this isn't something being made up. 10,000 people have already died you know, 10,000 plus, um, it's, it's just unfortunate that there are people out there that don't see this as a threat and don't see the, um, the magnitude of what we're facing as a nation right now. And I, not, not to take it a step further, but even from a non-healthcare point of view, what this is going to do to us as a nation. I mean, you know, it's my belief that there will be, a point in history that was pre-COVID-19 and there will be modern history and it will be a turning point in our lives. Um, so those people, you know, it's not in our backyard yet. So it's, it's easy to say that this isn't real, this isn't um, happening or this isn't a threat to me, won't happen to me. You know, those are easy things to say, but when it comes knocking out your door, you know, I, I've already seen it firsthand, um, you know, just in my limited 
practice, uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, once, once I get to New York, uh, I would very gladly put anybody, you know, set anybody straight on the severity of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really wild. Um, you know, it. Uh, most of the time, I'm seeing this positivity coming from everybody in the far in the ways of like everybody kind of unifying and coming together to help everybody. Um, you know, with the food bank and you know the restaurants out there that are giving away meals to people that are in need and and everything like that. And you know, that's the category that you're in and all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's just crazy to see that, like, you know, people are still out at the grocery stores and they're just congregating and they're just like, you know, all standing around, like within like a two foot circle of one another. And they're all just like sitting there breathing on each other and talking and shaking hands and doing all of that stuff. And, you know, it's hard for me to really kind of be okay with these people <laughs> because I'm like, yo, I don't want to sit in my house until like September. Like right. this has to, this has to even out at some point. Like you guys got to get into this and, and really take it seriously. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's here. That's this. I'm in Greensburg. So, you know, we're not feeling it too hard. We're, we're trying to be as, as, you know, as serious as we can be. But, uh, you know, you're going to New York and stuff, man. I mean, aren't you scared? I'm terrified, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I am. But, you know, um, so to put it into perspective, I have uh, multiple brothers that are in the military. And, you know, I kind of talk to them, especially my older brother, who's a Marine, who's um, been in Iraq, um, you know, multiple times, actually. Um, and has been there. And um, just speaking with him, um, and he, he put it to me in a way that I really like that I, that I understand that, um, it, as a nurse, I've had a very good career. I've been able to do a lot of things. I have a very wide, um, skill set. I'm a very strong nurse and I feel the burden to protect those that can. Um, and that's, that's a bond that, you know, I didn't even realize that I shared with my brother until all of this came about. Um, that, and, and I do, I do very strongly feel that this is my burden, this is what I need to do. I mean, to protect those I can't. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like very deep. That's awesome. That's a that's a really awesome way of looking at it because I mean, it's 100% real. I mean, you know, everybody is saying that this is a uh, you know, a this virus is an an invisible enemy like we're in a war, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. I mean, we've got our frontline guys out there that are fighting like, you know, physical battles with armies in different countries and things. And you guys really are our front line here against this virus. It's just, you know, it's so insane to think that, uh, you know, life changed in just a matter of days. Everything is different now. Yeah. I mean, you know, wearing gloves and masks and, you know, now I'm thinking to myself, like, just like you said, you know, there's going to be, this is a turning point in history. I don't know that me personally, that I'll ever think of going out and about the same way that I used to. 
You know, like, uh, I feel like, you know, if I'm going to go hang out with my friends and things like that, I'm probably going to be sporting a bottle of, uh, hand sanitizer with me all the time. Just, you know, I mean, do you, do you feel that that's kind of what this is going to do to people? Um, I don't know. That's hard to say. I think that, um, as the virus spreads, um, as we become a population that isn't entirely new to it, it's no longer a novel virus. It's been through the population. We have some herd immunity. Not everybody is going to be getting sick at the same time. Um, you know, I think that we will gain some semblance of regular life back, but I do, I do totally think, you know, things will never be the same. It will, they will get closer, but not never be the same again. And I don't think that we'll ever let this happen again. At least I hope that we'll never let this happen again. We'll be ready for the next time something of this nature occurs. We will have better stockpiles or better protection capabilities. Or um, it's so hard to predict that. I think you don't know if it's going to be a respiratory illness. You don't know if it's, you know, could be a massive chemical exposure. I, I don't know. But right. I just I just really hope that this opens everybody's eyes to the fact that we need to be prepared. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, uh, you know, to be more prepared uh, is definitely, I think, what we all need to strive for, uh, you know, the next time something like this might happen. Um you know, and I don't really see this. I'm I'm really trying to to look at this myself, at least from a very like middle of the road point of view, like non political at all whatsoever. Because I mean, like, you want to stand back and take a look at it. It's just like this could have happened to anyone at any point in time in history. It just kind of is. It, it's what happened, and uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, the powers that be are doing everything to take care of it, um, whether we all agree with them or not. Or not. Um, but, uh, you know, it, any, any help is, is good help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely good. So tell me, why, why did you decide to become a nurse in the first place? Hmm. I don't know. That's a... A very good question. Um, I I think it comes it, without realizing it. You know, now now I go back to this thing that my brother told me that I feel I just never thought of it. I identify with totally, but um, I I felt the burden to help people. I wanted to help people. I got into nursing because I wanted to help people. I wanted to be able to kill people, and you know, I was I was hospitalized when I was younger, um, and I remember how the nurses. Uh, how they treated me and took care of me, and they were the they they were the comfort for me. Um, you know, I I guess I wanted to be that for somebody else. That's awesome, man. I don't know. That was not the greatest answer. I don't. No, dude. I, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like you, you know, you went into a field and you loved the the teamwork and the support that you were getting from your peers, and you know that kind of made you become a stronger individual. And and now you're going to pass that on, all the strength and support that you received. You're off to 
to give that to your peers in New York. That's very awesome. Thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, how far into your trek are you? Um, I'm, I don't even think I'm halfway yet. I'm just getting on to Route 80 right now. In fact, I went the wrong way. <laughs> I'm turning around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey. I'm going to let you pay attention to your driving. I appreciate you talking to us. And, uh, yeah, no problem. I would, you, I would love to have a follow-up. Um, if, you're, sure. if you're into that, we can, we can schedule that offline. I don't know what my schedule is going to be, so I don't know. You know. Once I do, I can kind of hammer down the time with you. But Yeah, yeah that would be great. I'd love to share my experiences you know, as, as it progresses. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll reach out to you uh, on Facebook and... Whenever you can get to it, you get to it. And uh, I'll just wait for you, bud. All right. Sounds good. All right, Chad. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you taking the time out to get with us and let everybody back here know uh, what you're what you're out there doing. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. There he goes. Chad Taylor. Man, the guy is on his way to New York City right now. I do apologize for the quality of the audio for that interview, but he was on his way to New York. We were talking via phone, and uh, we did get disconnected there in the beginning, but we got him right back. Um, What a selfless guy. Talk about somebody who really is out there to help people. What an incredible individual. His family, his friends, everybody in this entire area should be proud of this guy. I mean, this this is something that is just so awesome. And when he was telling me the story about how he really bonded with his brother, who was a Marine, who just said, like, hey, this is the burden that you bear. Uh, this is this is what we're doing. We're helping people. That, that was incredible. And the fact that, you know, that's how he feels about what he does for a living is just, uh, you know, it's one of the most amazing things. And we all should be very thankful that there are people like Chad, Uh, out there helping us get through all of this if you guys would like to donate or help out in any way possible check out chad on facebook he goes by chadwick taylor that's c-h-a-d-w-i-c-k taylor and uh just you know cheer him on send him an encouraging message or something like that um this guy deserves all of that and more so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode And we'll see you next time.